With four weeks remaining in the regular season, it's time for the Carolina Panthers to embrace the role of spoiler. I'll tell you why right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Where on Wednesdays for the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get your questions in for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply the Carolina Panthers begin the fourth quarter of their season on Sunday afternoon as they welcome the division rival Atlanta Falcons the Panthers sitting at 1 and 12 are right there in the basement of the NFC South and the rest of the NFL but they sit here in a position to potentially spoil a couple of team seasons here in the final four weeks of the 2023 regular season. I feel like right now, considering how this has been an unmitigated disaster so far this season, the only thing that has gone right so far for the Carolina Panthers is that Bryce Young is still standing, that he has not gotten injured, and of course, knock on wood, prayers up, don't want that to happen at all. But aside from that, well... Frank Reich, of course, didn't work out. The Carolina Panthers lost J.C. Horn for a large period of time. Shaq Thompson's out for the rest of the season. They have played six different left guards, seven different right guards. It's been a rough season for all involved. And none rougher than the guys who actually go out there and lay it on the line every single Sunday here in the black and blue. But for you as a fan, yeah, this has sucked. It sucked for me to come up here and talk about it every day. There's days where I just want to get away from it, but I can't. So here I am trying to think of a positive way to look at the final four weeks of the season. I know you're probably saying to yourself, well, Julian, yesterday during the crossover, this was not the mentality that you had. Yeah, well, understand this. Panthers are 1-12. and Falcons are six and seven. I'm talking to a Falcons host who's not even excited about the fact that his team has a chance to win the division and go to the playoffs. And it's like, okay, one and twelve football team, six and seven football team. Falcons aren't very good. We're sitting here previewing a game that really doesn't mean all that much in the grand scheme of the NFL heading into Week 15. But still, you got to do it. So here today, renewed optimism, if that's even the word to describe what I'm feeling right now, but I'm finding a new goal. Final four weeks of the season, and I don't really hear a lot of this from the team so far in the final four weeks. I think that these guys are, of course, ready to move on, but they want to win some games. They want to build some sort of momentum heading into the offseason, and how important is momentum? 
I'm not quite so sure. It's going to be a different offensive coaching staff. It will be interesting to see what happens with Gerald Vero and a defensive court, uh, coaching staff as they could be retained by the next coaching staff. We've already seen David Tepper practically force Frank Reich to keep James Campen and to keep Chris Tabor on the coaching staff. And I thought those were both good decisions. Maybe that came back to bite Frank Reich in the butt after reading a reporting from Joe Person and Diana Rossini a week ago. But it's possible the way that these contracts work in the NFL and how we saw Gus Bradley, the D.C., up in Indianapolis have to stay there with the Colts and not come to Charlotte to be the D.C. for Frank Reich, the man who hired him up in Indianapolis. It's possible that will be the setup. And I'm sure that David Tepper, and I think ideally, too, for a lot of y'all out there thinking if the Carolina Panthers could somehow get Ben Johnson to come here and then have him be the play caller and the head coach and then have a Gerald Vero running the defense – I think everyone's going to love that setup, especially after seeing how the defense has performed despite all the injuries that they've suffered all year long. That would be an awesome situation, but we got to see whether that works out and if that's even the plan. And I think right now you're probably living in la-la land if you think that Ben Johnson and Jero Vero are going to be here next year in Carolina. I think Jero Vero probably has a better chance to do that, but also I feel like you should be a head coach somewhere in the NFL coming up during this next head coaching cycle. But back to really what I want to discuss today. The Carolina Panthers are in an interesting situation where they can play spoiler. Got four more games left this season. Home against Atlanta, home against Green Bay, at Jacksonville, home against Tampa Bay. Got some home cooking. First six weeks of the season, four road games. Final four weeks of the season, three home games. The Panthers got an opportunity to go out there and play home, feel comfortable, and maybe start picking off some teams that think that they're going to the playoffs this season. Wouldn't you love for this team to go out there on Sunday afternoon and beat the Atlanta Falcons, who currently sit at 6-7 and seven and tied for first place in the NFC South with the Saints and with the Buccaneers? And I'm just wondering, when you think about the division rival, what team do you hate the most as a Panther fan? I feel like most Panther fans hate the Falcons the most. And then it's probably the Saints after that, then Tampa Bay. Okay, you didn't beat the Saints last week. That's disappointing, especially the way that you lost that game, rushing for 204 yards, only allowing 207, and losing by 22 points. Just gobsmacked how that is even possible in the game of football. But you didn't get it done. You got swept by the Saints, but you still have a chance to beat Atlanta, a team that you could have beat and probably should have beat had you taken care of the football during week one. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. But looking at Atlanta... They got Carolina this week. Then they have the Colts at home. They got at the Bears. They got at the Saints. They got a tough finish. And this is the game that they're thinking to themselves, oh, yeah, easy win. Got to beat the Panthers. Not concerned about them. Go out there, beat Atlanta, put them in a precarious situation to not even win the division, but also to miss out on the NFC wildcard. There are five teams right now. Five teams tied at six and seven for the final wildcard spot in the NFC, currently held by the Green Bay Packers, who come to town next Sunday afternoon. And there's going to be a ton of cheeseheads. It's going to be Christmas Eve. I totally understand it's probably going to be a Packers home game. And that's kind of how things have been in Carolina when Pittsburgh come to town, when Dallas has come to town. And it's gotten worse over the last couple of years based off of just the culture that has disappeared here in Carolina. Thank you to David Tepper. 
the Packers. They're a team that just lost to the Giants and Tommy DeVito on Monday Night Football. What a great story that has been for Tommy DeVito and his whole family and the Giants winning a couple games and only being one game out of that wild card spot. But the Panthers have defense that can keep him competitive. Jordan Love, he's had his ups and downs. The, Packer, the Packers have been better uh, the last month of the season. But that's a game. The Carolina Panthers potentially... Who knows? Maybe go spoil it for the Packers at Jacksonville. Uh, the Jags on New Year's Eve, they are one game uh, ahead of the rest of the AFC South. They got Indianapolis they're still dealing with. They got the Houston Texans who they're still dealing with. The team, the Carolina Panthers, were able to beat a team of the Houston Texans that have beat the Jaguars. So when you look at just transitive property wins, the Panthers have already beat the Jags this season. Why not go ahead and do it down there at whatever the hell they're calling the stadium uh, down in Jacksonville, Florida. It will be difficult. Trevor Lawrence had the sprained ankle, came back, was able to play last week. They lost to the Browns. They've lost two games in a row. The Jags have the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. And I think they're starting to get a little puckered down there in Jacksonville considering, well, they're the Jags and their history is disappointment. And they have the Buccaneers. they got the Titans on the road. Not too difficult of a schedule with... Yeah, two home games, two road games, one of them being the Titans. That's a game the Jags are be thinking to themselves, we cannot lose this game if we want to go to the playoffs. Go play spoiler. I don't think Panther fans hate Jags fans or the Jags team at all, but maybe you have somebody in your life who's a Jag fan who you just can't stand. Why not go down there and beat them? The Tampa Bay, do you really want Baker Mayfield to go from asking for a release in Carolina, having success in that Thursday night football game, his first start with the Rams, to going to Tampa Bay and winning the division in the final week of the season. Do you want Baker Mayfield to come back to Bank of America Stadium and to beat the Panthers and do hoist, there's not even a trophy, but the really the hoist the division crown here at Bank of America Stadium? Absolutely not. Cannot let that happen. I don't think these guys are really thinking about, hey, let's spoil the Falcon season, let's spoil the Packers season or the Jags or the Buccaneers, but they got to have a sense of pride. And thinking about Bryce Young, he's going to be back here next year. Adam Thiel and Jonathan Mingo wouldn't know that they'll be back here next year. I'd imagine Tommy Trimble, Chuba Hubbard. It's time for those guys to start building some momentum to next season and what the offense potentially could look like. And for Bryce Young, you want to see some positive steps for the quarterback. We have not seen those all season long. If he starts to just ball out in the final four weeks of the season, which I doubt is going to happen, but if all of a sudden he starts throwing consistently for like 250 yards, just for a couple scores, we see a 300-yard passing game, it's not going to wipe away all that we saw, but maybe, just maybe, the Carolina Panthers actually got it right for the folks out there who are totally out on Bryce Young and think he's a bust already, which I think it's Far too early to make any sort of grand proclamations on Bryce Young. What if Bryce Young goes out there and starts playing? So these are all what ifs, but I'm just trying to find something, something positive to cling to so I don't go insane talk about this terrible football team. Whew. All right, so there we go. Can the Carolina Panthers play a spoiler role in the final four weeks of the season? Fingers crossed. I'm hoping that will be the case, but they are going to have to do it without a couple of players on the field on Sunday in the tight end room. Oh, boy, not looking great. We'll take a look at the injury report for the Carolina Panthers heading to Sunday's matchup against the Atlanta Falcons here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster 
and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And when you do, make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find your qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's looking like the Carolina Panthers are going to have to send out another mass unit on Sunday afternoon when the Falcons come to town. And, well, that's just the reality of where we're at here in week 15 of the regular season in the NFL and where we've been out all season long here in Carolina. We've gone over this time and time again defensively. They missed J.C. Horn for all but really one full game this season. He only played the first two quarters of the game against Atlanta. He only played basically the first half against Tampa two weeks ago. Then on Sunday, finally full participant out there. Only one full game of J.C. Horn. You only had Shaq Thompson for five quarters this season before a broken leg ended his season. You haven't had Brady Christensen since week one against Atlanta as he's out for the season. You only had Austin Corbett for three games, I believe, this year. It's not been great. The Carolina Panthers are missing a ton of guys, and they have had to sign guys to the practice squad, then elevate them, then sign them to the active roster, then lose those guys and put them on IR. That has been one of the things that you look at how bad the offense has been, and I think there's a little bit of excuses for why that has been the case, but not many excuses that people really want to listen to, and I totally understand that, but it's hard. And everyone has injuries. It's not like there's a single team in the league that has not had some bad injury luck. Really, a lot of times, though, in the NFL, being able to avoid those injuries and get good injury luck can really propel a team to being a playoff team. And for the Carolina Panthers, they have certainly not gotten good injury luck and had Shaq Thompson stayed healthy and J.C. Horn stays healthy and some of these other guys stay healthy. Are they a 1-12 football team? I don't think they're a 1-12 football team. If they get Brady Christensen and Austin Corbett for the entirety of the season, I don't think this is a 1-12 football team. But is this a football team good enough to be in position to compete for the NFC South? I'm not quite so certain because of some of the roster issues and holes that they had. But this team had no chance at contending for anything, considering the amount of injuries that they have sustained this year. You can say, well, Julian, what about the defense? We'll talk about the defense here momentarily as I look at how the Carolina Panthers can win this game on Sunday in our closing segment here on Locked on Panthers. Well, let's go ahead and look at the injury report heading into Sunday. Brian Burns, he was back at practice on Thursday afternoon after being limited with an ankle injury um, on Wednesday so that's one of the things that Chris Tabor even said on Wednesday that, okay, it's, it's one of those things where he's fine. We're just going to hold him back for a day. He'll be out there, full participant. I know there's been a lot of criticism of Brian Burns so far this season because he dared to ask for money. Holy crap, a dude wants to get paid, and people are ticked. Again, I just don't understand, y'all. Siding with David Tepper in the organization over Brian Burns and – the players. It's just weird to me that you would be like, ah, oh, no, 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 let's not pay the guy. It's not your money. It's not your money. Why are you concerned about it? Don't you want to see the guys get paid? Don't you want to have good players here? It's just the weirdest thing to me that Panther fans are constantly like, let's get rid of this good player. Christian McCaffrey, he gets injured. Let's get rid of him. A year later, I can't believe we got rid of Christian McCaffrey. Same guy who is saying, oh, 
screw McCaffrey's always hurt. We don't, what a terrible deal. But now you want him. Weird. DJ Moore. Well, I don't know if people were saying trade DJ Moore, but it's just so weird that constantly Panther fans are like, let's trade this good player. The team's going to continue to suck ass if they never have good players on their roster. Excuse my language. Just what's just kind of be honest here and kind of sick of seeing people say get rid of a good player for a draft pick when the Carolina Panthers suck at drafting players. But Brian Burns back at practice after being limited on Wednesday so that he should be able to play on Sunday. Hayden Hurst is set to miss his fifth straight game uh, sitting there in concussion protocol. Probably shouldn't play the rest of the season considering the things that we learned last week. Um but I'm sure they'll figure out what's best for him moving forward. Ian Thomas is likely going to be out with an ankle injury after missing practice on Wednesday and on Thursday. And Tommy Trimble also on the injury report limited uh, the past two days with a hip injury. So some serious questions about the tight end group. Hayden Hurst not going to play. Ian Thomas not going to play. Trimble, he's going to probably be listed as questionable and actually go out there and suit up. Gio Ritchie still on IR right now. They have Jordan Matthews, who is on the practice squad. They have just signed Chris Pierce to the practice squad. I would expect those two guys, at least Matthews, to be a standard elevation on Sunday as the only tight end that's currently not on the injury report is Stephon Sullivan. Like Jordan Matthews, a converted wide receiver into a tight end. So Tommy Trimble should be out there. You'll have Stephon Sullivan out there. Jordan Matthews likely going to be called up. And maybe even Chris Pierce will be activated from the practice squad on Sunday afternoon as Carolina Panthers uh, need to find some bodies there in the tight end room. Then looking at the offensive line, Just McRae, who went out on the first play of the game against New Orleans on Sunday in that loss. He has been um, out of practice on Wednesday and Thursday with a calf injury. Chris Tabor was asked about whether that could be a season-ending injury. He said it could be. They haven't really announced anything so far as of this recording here on Thursday afternoon. Cade Mays, he'll be back in there starting at left guard with Nash Jensen starting at right guard for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, considering it looks like Justin McCray will not be out there. And here's a thought, too, about the offensive line. They're down to Cade Mays and Nash Jensen. That's a big reason why I think these guys have struggled. And a lot of people are talking about they got to blow up the offensive line. And I will continue to tell you it's not as easy as you make it. Ikiokwanu will be heading into the third year of his rookie contract. Brady Christensen will be in the final year of his rookie deal. Bradley Bozeman is still under contract next year. The out in his deal is not until the 2025 offseason. Austin Corbett, if they decide to cut him, which... I don't think they're going to do. Maybe they have a different general manager. That's something that needs to be figured out as well. Some people ask me about, oh, what do you do with this? What do you do in the draft? Well, who's going to be the GM? Who's going to be the head coach? I need to have these questions answered before I can really definitively give you any sort of answers on what happens in March and in April. But just looking at how the contracts are set up, if they were to move off of Austin Corbett, there's some significant dead cap money that they're going to have to eat. And how does that make your team better by getting rid of someone who is one of your best offensive linemen? And you didn't have them this year. That stinks. It happens where guys have a good season. They get hurt. You don't have them for the whole season. That's basically what's happened here in Carolina with Austin Corbett. With the MCL, not as serious as an ACL, I would imagine, by OTAs and all that, he should be good to go. And then once they get down to training camp here in Charlotte, he'll be totally fine. Oh, yeah, training camp's in Charlotte, by the way. No longer down at Wofford. Interesting uh, decision there made by the Panthers last week. And then Taylor Moten. 
Iron Man. Dude is playing uh, so many games straight. He's been solid there at right tackle. You got to find a new right tackle if they decide to move off of him. People say move Ike Aquanu into uh, at guard. Okay, well, then who's going to play tackle? It's not like the Carolina Panthers haven't tried to find a tackle for the last decade. They've gone and got Russell Okung. He didn't work out. They signed Matt Khalil in free agency. He didn't work out. They brought in Cameron Irving. He didn't work out. Byron Bell, Nate Chandler. They finally drafted a tackle. And he had a good year as rookie year, and this year it has not been great. But if you really read into, read into things, like the reporting last week from The Athletic, the blocking scheme, the zone scheme that they've been doing does not fit the pieces on the offensive line. And possibly it's a miscalculation, the guys that they brought in here. But maybe it's more of a miscalculation by the coaching staff that the running scheme that they brought here doesn't fit the personnel. And that could be the same thing when it comes to pass blocking. That the scheme doesn't fit the personnel and the fact that they've had to play six different guys at guard, at left guard, and seven different guys at right guard. Back in 2021, when they had 13 different combinations of starting offensive linemen, that hurt them. And that's what's happening again here in Carolina. I'm not ready to give up on Aki Aquano because he had one bad season at your job. If you have one bad year, do you get fired? Maybe you do. Or do they put you on a performance plan and try to help you moving forward? I would think that they probably try to help you, especially if they value as an asset, which I think the Carolina Panthers value Aki Aquano. Maybe, maybe they can find a way to get him back to performing like he did a year ago. Brady Christensen, do you want to just bench him or do you want him to be out there as a starter? He was a part of a solid unit for you in 2022. Bradley Bradley Bozeman hasn't played well this season. I do think that it's worth uh, exploring drafting a center in the draft if the Carolina Panthers decide to do that because they have not done that since they drafted Ryan Khalil. And that's just a position much like tackle where, okay, you can try and spend the big money on some guy. Like, you can trade for Laramie Tunsil. You can go out there. You can spend a ton of money um, trading or, like, signing a guy like Trent Williams or who who's a tackle down there um, in Miami right now. But you typically want to draft these guys. That's how you find them. And the Panthers have tried to do free agency with some of those important spots on the O-line. And we've seen over the years it has not worked out. So center, I think it's time. They went out there, free agency, got Austin Corbett. think he's a good player for them. Of course, they drafted Taylor Moten. And they've spent assets on offensive linemen in free agency and in the draft. They just drafted Zavala. They drafted Cade Mays and Iki Aquano a year ago. They drafted Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen before that. It's not like they haven't tried to invest in the offensive line. Just injuries have not helped them and some regression from players who probably just don't fit in the offensive scheme that the coaching staff brought to them. And that's a miscalculation maybe by Fitterer, but probably more on Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, and all the individuals that won't be here in four weeks' time. That's just a thought. When it comes to the offensive line, I'm sure it's a defense that a lot of you don't want to hear because you just want to burn it all down and bleep this, bleep them, and you just want to say, screw it. There's contracts, y'all. There's contracts. It's not as simple as get rid of this guy because if you get rid of him, who are you going to bring in? You're going to draft somebody? Oh, that's right. They barely have any draft picks. You're going to go out in free agency and spend money on those guys? Or you want to spend money on bringing back Brian Burns or extending um, Derek Brown or being able to bring back Frankie Louvu, go out there and spend money to bring in some receivers? They have an offensive line. They just didn't perform well this season, and I think there's a lot of reasons why that's been the case. And I'm not trying to make excuses for them. There's a reason why they have not performed at a high level, but also it's on them to perform at a better level than they have. Just my thoughts about an injury-plagued season for the Carolina Panthers and an injury-plagued unit that I thought would be the strength of the team. But, of course, there's egg on my face here heading into this Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. Well, heading into this game, can the Carolina Panthers win? 
I think they can. I don't think they will, but I think they can, especially when you look back at week one. The Falcons aren't that good. This is a, a, a team the Panthers can beat. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you can define how you give to yourself, and the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge in the season of giving give yourself what you need with better help visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on i think sunday's a game the carolina panthers can win I know, I know, I know. I gave out some advice uh, to Falcons fans yesterday on the show with our FanDuel sponsorship telling them, okay, you know, $5 money line bet. You can $150 if your team wins and the Panthers have lost all these games this season. Just seems smart if you're a Falcons fan or even a Panthers fan. If you're willing to bet against your own team, sounds like free money to me. But also it's the Atlanta Falcons. And the Atlanta Falcons are known for meltdowns. And how fitting would it be for the Falcons to just melt down on Sunday afternoon here in Charlotte in a game that they have to imagine is one they have to have heading into the final four weeks of the season as they're still in the thick of both the NFC South title race and the NFC wildcard race heading into the playoffs here in the NFL. I'm looking at the last couple of weeks and how the Panthers run the ball and thinking that, okay, maybe they finally have found something. Lo and behold, the Panthers, who could not run the football with the wide zone scheme, have gone more to a downhill running scheme and put Shuba Hubbard in the backfield, and they've had success. Wild how if you utilize the pieces on your offensive line in a manner that makes them better and that they're better suited to be in, they have success. So the Carolina Panthers had their best rushing game of the season last week, rushing for 204 yards in that loss against New Orleans. You have to go all the way back to week one versus the Atlanta Falcons to find their second best rushing performance where they rushed for 154 yards on 34 attempts. That's 4.8 yards per carry on that Sunday afternoon in the loss to Atlanta Falcons. And you look at that game against Atlanta, Bryce Young doesn't throw two interceptions. Miles Sanders does not fumble the football. The Panthers are able to convert on an opening drive. It's a completely different ball game and one I think the Carolina Panthers could have won. I was not impressed by the Atlanta Falcons when I watched them that Sunday afternoon. I have not spent a lot of time this season watching the Falcons, but I'm not. They're not an impressive football team. Desmond Ritter was benched and he's back out there. There's still questions whether he's the guy. This is not a team that the Carolina Panthers should be all that afraid of. They shouldn't be afraid of anybody anyways, but still, this is not a team that's like should be able to push them around and win convincingly on Sunday, but it's going to come down to running the football like they did last week, like they did the week prior down in Tampa, and like they did in week one against the Atlanta Falcons. And if they're not going to have Onyemata, knowing Grady Jarrett's out, there's no excuse for this team, even with Nash Jensen and Cade Mays there at guard, no reason why they cannot have, have success running the football for a third straight week in a row at home, especially against the Atlanta Falcons. It's also going to come down to the red zone. And I was asked about this yesterday by um, 
Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons, about, hey, I look at the defense and they have such great numbers as far as yards allowed. How are they 31st in points? Yes, the Carolina Panthers, they are ranked fourth. Fourth in the NFL in yards allowed. That is 298.4 yards allowed per game. Um, And they are ranked 31st in points allowed. They're allowing 26.2 points per game so far this season. Now, why is that? Well, injuries, Jack Thompson, J.C. Horn, Justin Houston, who has not recorded a sack on the season, is going to miss like a sixth straight game. All those injuries have played a role in the defensive performance for the Carolina Panthers. But even with the injuries, Panthers have fielded a competitive defense since having that reset after the bye week and getting blown out by the Dolphins and the Lions, two explosive offenses. The Panthers have come out and played some fairly good defense, really aside from, I guess, the Dallas game a couple weeks ago. And that has been impressive, the job that Jero Vero and that defensive coaching staff and all the players have been able to do, giving this team an opportunity to win the game if they just had a competent offense. Now, where they're not good at is in the red zone. Like, that has been the problem. And Gerald Vero on Thursday during his press conference was asked by Joe Persney of The Athletic, you know, what's the problem here? Like, well, you guys are great when it comes to yards allowed, but what has been the problem with this defense when it comes to points allowed? And he said, the red zone. And that's something I told Aaron yesterday that they have not been good in the red zone. Hadn't even looked at the red zone stats. But anyone who watches the games knows that any time an opponent gets in the red zone, they're going to score on the Carolina Panthers. Not going to be three. It's going to be six plus the extra point. The Carolina Panthers head into this game on Sunday, 31st in the league in red zone defense. They're allowing touchdowns on 72% of opponents' red zone trips. That is atrocious, as we know. And that is why they've given up 26.2 points per game so far this season on top of all the other injuries and factors that have led to that. And Jero Vero said, in the red zone, they just got to find a way to just buck up, be tough enough, and not allow their opponent to punch it in. And if they can do that against Atlanta on Sunday, they can stop the run, they can force some turnovers, which they have not done well at all either, but they can stop the run, and once the Falcons get to the red zone, whenever that happens, because that's not a Falcons team that went up and down the field on them week one. And I know a lot's changed since then, but I don't think too much has changed to where the Carolina Panthers still can't have that much success against this Falcons team. And in week one, I talked about the issue the Carolina Panthers had was sudden change. Okay, you turn over three times, you're going to lose. But if your defense is not able to get stops in those sudden change situations, which they weren't, they allowed 17 points in those situations, you're also going to lose those games. So the Panthers turn the ball over on Sunday, they got to get off the field. You can't allow a tough interception to turn into seven points if it's three okay you can live with that if they have three turnovers and you're gonna give up points let it be nine and not 21 that's what the Carolina Panthers defensively have to do they cannot allow touchdowns uh, to the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday in the red zone the Panthers got to run the football like that is their pathway to victory on Sunday I think it's possible I think they can do that will they do that I don't know, but I do think it's possible for the Carolina Panthers to win this game on Sunday afternoon against the Atlanta Falcons. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter. At Julian Council, where on Wednesday, I'll be back again to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get those questions into me following the game on Sunday. Uh, But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. 
and I'll talk to you all on Sunday.